0: source for big and talk. it's off tackle empire ah welcome back i hope this finds you well we are once again off tackle empire If we have survived uh, long enough for this preview to get out, I am Steve Braun, and this is Andrew Koschewski, and we're here to bring you a preview of what's to come in week three of the Big Ten football schedule. Again, hey... I, I hope that you stocked up on provisions, <laughs> Sam. I did, I
1: did, you're not, you may want to avoid stores and other public places for the foreseeable future. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. We certainly are not rooting for that. Yeah, I, hopefully, hopefully
0: this ages poorly by the time this gets out
1: on like Thursday. Oh, and it's I would just love, funny. I would, I would love to be wrong. I would so love to be wrong about that. So Anyway, let's talk about something cheerful. Uh, the Ohio State Steamroller with now Rutgers in its path.
0: Um... Yeah, I guess that is a little more cheerful. Uh, let's see. I, I guess let's compare Rutger to Nebraska. I mean, you certainly don't see the firepower on Rutger offense. No. And they know, are, What, what I, they displayed on the defensive front is going to be completely academic when it comes to Ohio State. doesn't matter how good their defensive front is. Yeah. Ohio State's going to mow them down.
1: I th- yeah, I think Rutger's defense is probably considerably better than Nebraska's. But there it is, doesn't matter here. Probably not. But Julius Turner is hell of a disruptive presence. At guard The problem is, of course, that means he's lying up across from Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis all day. Uh, and the other thing that could be said is, I do think Rutgers has a couple of corners in Avery and Young. I think those are their two names. Th- yeah, because I think it's like Avery Young and Trey Avery, just to make things more confusing. But in case of a very in, young corner. Yeah, in case, but no, not though. They're veterans. <laughs> and if there's a tandem in the conference that could match up with Wilson and Olave, that might be it. And it is fair to say that well, so look against Penn State Justin Fields did not run the ball successfully the tailbacks did they got that tracked a little better but probably not to the extent they wanted to so is there a situation where Ohio State wants to work on the run game maybe they play it a little casually at first Greg Seattle's a former colleague of Ryan Day's maybe he's not quite as out for blood as he usually is and this stays close a little longer boom now a turnover maybe a great no, it will not happen. If Ohio
0: State turned the ball over seven times, they still win this game. I don't know about that. I mean, okay, well then they got three back from Rutgers. The turnover is the same as the Michigan the turnover margin is the same as the Michigan State game. Ohio State wins. Oh well, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think probably so. And Honestly, I won <laughs> I wonder at some point if they don't just try that as a training exercise. Like let's put you guys, let's put you boys through a stress test and they like like secretly grease up the football before Ohio State takes a snap or something. <laughs> let's give let's let's put you in a danger situation and see how you respond <laughs> like, I don't know man it, looking at this game it's hard to envision that there's a way first of all that Rutgers scores more than like 10 or 14 points offensively because where are the weapons on this Rutgers team that are going to give Ohio State any problem okay so there's some indicate like Bo Melton has had a couple of pretty good games here okay we'll, we'll put Sean Wade on him so he's gone uh what else you got Isaiah Pacheco, he carries the ball a lot of times. He ain't gonna have much space with this offensive line against that defensive line. Uh, Oh, Noah Vedrille, he's kind of a dual threat guy. He's turned the ball over a few times though, and uh, not that dual threat to get away from these linebackers. So So I don't know what you know. I guess if you're Rutgers,
0: you're you're just coming into this game looking like usually how I look at any game against a. uh, against an opponent that seems you know really particularly good like national title discussion good I just want the game to get over without there being too many <laughs> right <laughs> it sounds, I used to back in the day think hey man maybe we can hang around and give him some trouble maybe we can at least get a good clean hit on him but now I'm just like you know try not to hurt yourself yeah I'll come don't, back and don't, get him. Don't, we'll, we'll, we'll get him whoever it is next week just, don't
1: don't hurt our quarterback don't like yeah that's about all there is oh, man to I remember a few
0: years ago when they brought Chase Crouch out of quarterback retirement to go in there and Basically, just be bait so that they didn't have to put in their healthy quarterbacks. Against <laughs> Ohio State, you save for Northwestern. I remember that. Uh, Chase's Jesus. last stand.
1: What, a, what? yeah, that poor sucker. Like, They, they really—he got like beat they, up. They tied him to a tree and covered him in honey. Like he retired <laughs> from
0: football just, the,
1: after that. I That look. I'd be mean, like, look, if that's really what my coaching staff views me as, as, as something to put in a trap, then I guess I'll just hang it up. Oh, what a selfless
0: action by Chase Crouch, though. Yeah. All right. Let's
1: talk about a game that should be a little bit more interesting: Michigan at Indiana. And boy, is this one more interesting than it was before Michigan faced planted against Michigan State. So maybe, maybe not,
0: because there's the, because now it wouldn't be as unexpected. I think Indiana is going to come out as the favorite in this one in betting lines. They absolutely should.
1: Well, we probably have They're some the initial. They're the whole team. We have some initial lines out, don't we? Let's maybe we should take a look. So on paper, though, it, doesn't it feel like if it's ever going to happen for Indiana against Michigan, this has to be the season. It
0: does. I mean, and, not that not that it makes or breaks Tom Allen, but just. This seems like as good
1: a shot as they're ever going to get. So let me... uh... We
0: were talking about the difference between Indiana and Michigan State, and that maybe it's possible that Michigan State has a little more explosiveness with some of the weapons, but Indiana's offense is more more consistent, it's more cohesive, it's a group that's worked together better. You'd expect them to move the ball at a much more even pace than did Michigan State.
1: So the opening lines were Indiana plus 3.5. Really? Yeah.
0: Disrespect to the Hoosiers
1: again. (laughs) <laughs> by 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 the sinful gamblers out Vegas way. So I guess on paper you could maybe still kind of justify that, but where, like what is the headspace of the Michigan program right now? Because on the one hand they would love to pretend outwardly, oh that's just another game. We don't care that we lost to the team that loves rubbing it in our face more than anyone else. But you lost that game, and it's not like that that game was not a fluke. I should be clear about that. Like if they <laughs> earned that no, loss. No, if Michigan had had a better game plan. If they had executed a little sharper in some phrase, in some phases, they probably should have won, but it's not, again, it's not like they were minus four in the turnover column or something like that. Yep, like, they absolutely earned the loss. And now you've got a week to turn that around against a rock solid team. Like Indiana doesn't have- They're very
0: experienced too. Yeah. And they're experienced with good coaches. It's not like Illinois experience. It's people <laughs> who have experience and they get better every year.
1: <laughs> it's not like these guys have just played a lot as uh, they played a lot, and it's helped. So Indiana does not have weaknesses. For example, you would think that Michigan would have been able to get significant pressure against Michigan State's offensive line because Michigan State's offensive line isn't that good. Indiana doesn't have that weakness. <laughs> Likewise on the defensive side, you might think, well, MSU doesn't have great athleticism on the edge. Maybe we could do that. They didn't, but they could have. Not as much of an issue here either. Indiana's got linebackers who can pursue. They've got defensive backs who hit like sledgehammers. So yeah, they've got a
0: very complete team in there. And if frankly, if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm just pretending this game isn't happening. I'm just ignoring this game.
1: Yeah, no, because as we you know we mentioned last Week briefly, or in the review last uh, briefly, that the, the weakness that was exposed with Michigan's corners—that's not a thing you can fix without radically altering the scheme. And look, and that's not going to happen. Don Brown, do- season. Don Brown, don't play zone, buddy. So he's good, you know. They, uh, I shouldn't say that because he's the Anta. In the second half of the game against Michigan State, they did play two high safeties a little bit more, but it was too late by then. The, the chemistry and the deep ball had already been established. So, must they come out better? I mean, you better believe Tom Allen and Wop Fillier and Fry Fogel are going to be watching that and be like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, we can do this. So, yeah.
0: Well, if, you be at the lips here.
1: I'd be astounded if Indiana, in their first couple plays in scrimmage, doesn't run a go or a fade. Just to see if Michigan decided to do anything different. And buddy, if they didn't change anything, I, it could be a, one, a long game for Michigan, and two, a long week for Michigan. Well, because, because
0: Michigan is who they are, the first quarter will tell you a lot about this game. If Indiana gets out to a 14-0 lead, it's over.
1: Possibly, so I... I do think that Michigan, on the offensive side, could correct some things a lot easier. I would think that they would want to use more of their speed and get to the edges more because, again, Giles Jackson, Blake Hore, like they have some guys who can fly. I would think they get Milton involved with the quarterback run game a lot earlier to make the defense account for that, Two, Again, they left these things on the table against Michigan State, and it's really not totally clear why. I would think they come out with a more diversified offensive approach this time. I would think things go a little better for Michigan.
0: But then again, maybe Jim Harbaugh goes into the offensive coaches meeting and just goes, "I'm bitterly disappointed we didn't <laughs> establish the run. Bo would have wanted three yards in a cloud of dust." Oh, they got that.
1: <laughs> and then one of the SIDs, like, Febrezes him or something. Uh, boy, yeah. So, are you calling, do you feel comfortable with our boys in candy stripes? I, I won't do, do it, it just because they'll be
0: mad at me if I do. But I'll say um, I, I, I will put the alert out. I mean, Michigan should be expected to win this game. Um, yeah. The guy, by yeah. the non-college football-consuming public.
1: <laughs> so, here's the other angle to this. So, obviously, there's no fans in the stands. Two, well, last you know, a week and change ago... Indiana won their biggest game in 30 years, probably at least. Probably. In my lifetime. <laughs> against Penn State at home in front of an empty stadium, and we lamented that. This game is also in Memorial Stadium. <laughs> Can you imagine if, after, after decades-long futility against all the powers in the conference, if they get wins against Penn State and Michigan, both at home, and there's nobody there to see either of them? Like, that's just tragic. Well, I'm sure the EIU
0: fans will take it gladly anyway. Yeah, and I'll I'm sure and
1: I'm sure Indiana won't regret voting for Trump at that point. So <laughs> anyway. Maryland at Penn State. Tungle Viloa, if he plays anything like he did last week, gives Maryland a puncher's chance. Again, this is a Penn State team that has some vulnerabilities despite their talent. But the problem is Penn State's defense is considerably better than the Northwestern group that just obliterated Maryland. So I hesitate to think that Maryland's going to get much going on the ground. I hesitate to think that there's therefore going to be space open for the receivers.
0: So Bailoa was playing on a normal mode in week one. Then he switched to easy mode in week two. And he played really well, but is he ready for expert mode?
1: Yeah, having not gone back to normal first. Um, uh,
0: I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say doubt. Yeah.
1: Yeah, doubtful. So the real problems here are you know, Maryland's got big problems on the offensive line. While well, Penn State's going to send Tony and Jason Owe against them, um, they have the receivers to run against Penn State's secondary. But that's assuming that those routes have time to develop.
0: You know, this is and this is always where games are won and lost against programs that that have recruited well top to bottom, the, the national recruiting type of programs. It's always it always comes down to the trenches. You're it, it's going to be a long, hard process to assemble one group on one side of the ball that's going to stack up. To whatever, whatever uh, you know, national stars Ohio State and Penn State can roll on there out there on a yearly basis. Yeah, you you work for <clears> five to <throat> years to put together the greatest offensive line in the history of your school, and maybe you have a chance on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, and that's look again. I. I'm sorry to always drag my team into this, but when Michigan State had their run of success, the reason they were able to break through was because 13, 14, and 15, they finally put together an offensive line despite not having stud recruits on that group because they happened to find Jack Conklin, they got the Allen brothers, and Donovan Clark turned out to be really good. Um, and then when they didn't have those guys, poof. It all goes up in smoke in a hurry, whereas Ohio State and Penn State, because they have these horses coming in every year, don't really miss a beat. Like, there might be individual seasons where, oh, you know, the defensive line isn't really getting the kind of practice. They're not cohesive the way they usually are. That's kind of weird. All right, we'll get them out of here. Try the next group of five stars. (laughs) You know, like, that's that's kind of where these programs live if you're not recruiting at that level. And honestly, the, the funny thing is, Maryland gets plenty of good recruits. Not that good, but... Good enough that they should have, they should be able to be closer to those teams on a yearly basis, but not to avoid beating a dead horse here from our perspective. Boy, there's a lot of talent being wasted there. Again, it's early in this season, but it just like they've got these four stars and five stars, much more so than most of the other non blue bloods in the conference. I think Penn
0: State should win this game going away. If they don't, then then you have to really question their motivation. I mean, that's that's all okay. You know it. what?
1: And that's sure. That's an interesting angle here. So okay. So first of all, this lot, all right. The the Rutgers lot Ohio State line opened at thirty seven and a half, Oof. Um, which honestly, it, even with Rutgers being better than they were, is thirty eight nothing really out of question. That game, no. Absolutely not. This game opened up at 23 five and a half. I think this game, I think that line probably moves down a couple points. I could see it's, yeah, it's probably settled around 24. That would be my guess.
0: Penn State season with Ohio they now have, a, they're they're now three games behind Ohio State. Yeah, Their season's over as far as the Big Ten is concerned. It
1: is, and so we discussed this in the context of individual players potentially opting out, but from a team perspective, if you're James Franklin, do you consider playing more of your backups?
0: Do you consider playing your underclassmen? Do you consider treating the season kind of like a scrimmage to just build up as an extended off
1: season for 2021?
0: I don't know. If it's me, I would absolutely do that if I knew there was no chance it was going to affect my situation.
1: I I do wonder, however, if I'm just thinking, like, again, not having recruited any high school football players myself, I don't know what the psychology is in terms of, like, how do you think as a 40- or 50-something-year-old man about what a young teenager wants these days? They have a better idea than we do because they deal with them all time but I'm wondering well don't I need to get a couple wins in the bank first so that doesn't look like I'm just out here screwing around you know what will my current players think if I start playing all the backups might that not piss some of them off and cause them a transfer I think it's just it's such a delicate psychological web that has to be navigated there that who knows really what's gonna happen but that is something else that could be in play these are topics
0: that we're not gonna be talking about in any other season hopefully
1: god hopefully but let it be said that if it happens You heard it here first. So, um, moving on now then to what's usually a cherished matchup in the conference. Northwestern. The battle for Nunu. Data on Nebraska is a little scant here on account of Wisconsin running scared for them hills when they saw the Huskers coming. They were outclassed by Ohio State, but, you know, of course, uh, of course they were. So That tells us absolutely nothing. They could yeah. be the 14th
0: best team in the conference. They could be the second best team in the
1: conference. And this will be an interesting data point because Northwestern is one of the handful of teams where you can say, all right, you know what? They look like they're going to pretty good this year. Notwithstanding the fact that offense was kind of rough last week. I would guess that a Northwestern win here honestly kind of cements them in pole position in the west division because iowa's 0-2 minnesota's 0-2 wisconsin is 1-0 and and it's going to
0: stay that way for a bit
1: wisconsin's almost certainly missing at least one more game possibly two more and then who knows what condition they'll be in when they return so we'll see again like on paper i don't really know what to expect from this game because i still don't have much of a handle for nebraska
0: at this point point, though yeah you you can can, eliminate iowa you can eliminate illinois you can eliminate minnesota uh you, you can probably eliminate nebraska but but a loss here. would definitely finish him off. So, so what, what? Is this race now any Wisconsin's teams? Health, Purdue, and Northwestern?
1: Any team can win the Big Ten West except Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska. <laughs> 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 oh, jeez. Um, okay, so this line, for what it's worth, opened up at Northwestern minus four and a half. Which feels about right. It's funny, have- I wasn't looking for that
0: storyline in the offseason before things got fucked up, although... To be fair, that offseason part didn't last that. Long. I wasn't looking for the anyone who can win the Big Ten West, except Illinois.
1: <laughs> well, that turned out to be true very quickly. And speaking of winning the Big Ten West, we are in a big battle here for firm control of the 7th seed and the improved draft position that comes with it in the spring. Minnesota at Illinois.
0: Boy, I mean, what what can you say? You can't ask for the defense to do their job because they're just never going to do it. So you got to hope that the offense shows up and takes better care of the ball. Uh, Karen, if I mean... I hate to say this, but got to hope that Matt Robinson's not doing too good or else he'll start over Coran Taylor, and then uh, our offense's upside is limited. Yeah. If 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 they're giving Coran Taylor first-team reps in practice, then there's no reason he shouldn't look better. I would think. But... If Matt Robinson's healthy, then they're probably not giving Grant Taylor any reps. So that's just kind of how it's going to be. Uh, again, the off the the defense. I don't care who they're playing. They're either going to get a turnover or allow a touchdown. That's the, those are the only two choices available to
1: them sorry to say it against this offense you're probably going to be allowing some touchdowns yeah now that being said it's going to be interesting because minnesota's guys that are out because of covid that was before week one that most that all of them check i think one or two of them are sitting out now permanently i don't think fa lele is going to come back this year uh but some of the others like i don't know about dunlap or um oliver the linebacker they could be getting some of those guys back depending on when those positive tests happened and i don't know when that was if it was like the day before week one then i think they're still out but if it was earlier that week those guys might play and if they get those pieces back, then there could be substantial additional punch to Minnesota. This line opened at Minnesota minus nine and a half. It moved to minus seven and a half.
0: Well, I remember when we first decided we were going forward with uh, with playing football, I said, well, you know, Illinois is actually screwed if Brandon Peters gets it. First game, Brandon Peters gets it. So, of course. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, well, you got the upside of Williams. Uh, Williams is his
1: roommate, so. You must use this power only for good.
0: Contact, Chris. What do we think happens in Nebraska-Northwestern, though? Do we think that... Uh... Well,
1: I, I I have no idea. That was really that was really odd. Oh, I, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, really, I have nothing. Else. I don't know what yeah, they. I,
0: I kind of think that Nebraska is in for a bit of a reality check when they, you know, when they find that actually you know mortal defenses can also limit them over the course of a game yeah we'll
1: see although i'm try- i'm trying to remember uh, you know last year when they played this game it was like 12 10 was the final and i'm trying to remember if nebraska had sustained any major injuries then i don't remember oh when. yeah no martinez was out yeah so i don't think we're gonna get that level of difficult to watch because again northwestern has righted the ship a little bit offensively no one's gonna well, yeah, mistake them they've for... righted
0: the ship offensively which means they're just horrible to watch it <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if the game is just makes your eyes bleed, then that means Northwestern's really <laughs> got Pat it Fitz, Yeah,
1: Pat Fitzgerald's as happy as a clam in that situation. Yeah, so. Northwestern's got cooking with gas now. Yeah, got cooking. Yeah, right. So. Anyway, yeah. I don't know I don't know what to think of that game as is, is the ultimate. I mean, I I think Northwestern probably wins, but it wouldn't surprise me if Nebraska announces themselves as having figured out that I mean they got a bye week in week two, which nobody expected to have. In this kind of season, having that week off might actually be a pretty substantial advantage. So it wouldn't surprise me if Nebraska comes out looking a lot better, both because it's a weaker opponent and because of the prep time than they did in week one. Last well, Big Ten West
0: basement bowl. Uh, it's fair to say that the winner that the
1: loser of this game is probably the worst team in the conference. So Probably but given those stakes, hey Minnesota,
0: we get that I get that you flirted with this area in you know in the last fifteen years or so, but we live down here. (laughs) This is where we live, this is where this is our home. You're not just gonna come into our house and disrespect us and try to claim that you're the worst team in the conference, this is our territory, Indiana's out,
1: we're taking over the block. Get out from under my furnace. <laughs> uh, I think it's early to say, honestly. Uh, notwithstanding the game against Michigan, I <laughs> you could see some weird developments with MSU. I'm not totally convinced Maryland is actually any good, but I mean the fact that they beat Maryland and ran around on them easily seems to point to Minnesota being pretty bad. I think the worst team in the conference is going to take a couple more weeks to sort out, and it might not even be determined. And it might not be firmly determined that. Speaking of contenders for the worst team, so we mentioned MSU. They're going to a surprisingly 0-2 Iowa. And as we mentioned discussing last week's games, the triangle of Neanderthal ball may have had its polarity reversed here by Northwestern beating Iowa last week. So that's a big factor in this. So does this mean
0: that Michigan State beats or loses to Iowa?
1: That would mean Michigan State has to lose to Iowa and then beat Northwestern. Ah, oh, okay. So, because if they beat Iowa, then <laughs> Iowa
0: is right back in the thick of things for that 7th seed. But it's looking kind of doubtful because Iowa's going to have to get off the schneid at some point. Petrus isn't going to continue to look this bad, is he?
1: It's hard to imagine. I, Even as stubborn as Ferris can be at times, I can't imagine they're going to let him throw the ball 50 times. But the thing is, if you, if you try to run that basic inside zone against MSU 40 times... You're running at Naquan Jones and Antoine Simmons at their two best players, so I don't know that it's... I, I could easily see Ference just kind of game-planning his way into a stupidly close game or a loss.
0: I want to bring up the fact that they're probably going to be missing Amir Smith-Marset, but it's not like they were using him anyway.
1: No, he is officially... He's going to be out at least for this game. That is official. But again, they weren't using him anyway, so... We had, I think, seven catches last week, but certainly not to his full potential no and from a game planning perspective yeah i'll be honest i'd much rather face iowa without one of their best return men of all time and also a dynamic receiver than with him that's one i mean honestly if i'm michigan state i'd basically now double sam laporta jam the box and see if they're actually willing to throw to their receivers deep see if petrus can actually hit any of those throws
0: well, it'll be interesting, I guess, for you as a Michigan State fan to see if they come out with a you know, just how adaptable they are on defense.
1: Yeah. Are you talking about Michigan State or Iowa? Michigan State It will be. Um they're playing they're basically playing now, at least so against Rutgers they use this kind of single high safety look, played a lot more zone, but it's basically a four two five set is what they run now. So there's almost always five defensive backs. Maybe Iowa tests the, the durability of that and run and runs the ball more, but Xavier Henderson was pretty good as an in-the-box safe. I mean his coverage skills haven't always been Great, but he's a sure tackler, so I think he's perfectly serviceable as kind of a third light linebacker against a more run-heavy team like Iowa.
0: That's a bit of an interesting thing to watch the tactics and such, because you know I know at Illinois when a new coach takes over, well all the previous guys were just so god awful that nobody could win with them, and they were actually way worse than the recruiting everything. But at other schools, you see a coach come in and actually you can try, you
1: know, and you can <laughs> judge him by how he can put the pieces together that he has to work with, yeah. and assemble something coherent. Uh, and Jeff Brown did a good
0: job of that in his first. Year at
1: Purdue. For, For sure. And MSU also made some adjustments to that scheme when they figured out during the Michigan game oh, this guy's just not throwing downfield. Let's bring that safety in a little bit. <laughs> so they basically started, I think they did mostly cover three, but they brought the sky as safety. Into the box, and I think before he got hurt, Trey Person, who was that sky high, had like eight tackles or something like that. So they weren't afraid. Like they're they're not they're clearly not married to we must run this defense out of principle no matter what. They have the flexibility, which I know is a sore point for you, but I appreciate. It.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know who who wins this game, but I know that
1: Iowa leads it in the fourth quarter. Probably, and it'll probably be very much to my distress. I'm you know I almost kind of feel like getting the Paul Bunyan. Trophy the rest of the season sort of feels like house money, and I do think it would be hilarious to go one in seven and have our only win be over Michigan. Yeah, testing the theory that test it right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, testing the theory theory that that you'd rather win,
0: lose all the rest of your games, and win the one that means the most,
1: (laughs) which I have always thought is absolutely batshit. But I know there are some Michigan State fans who feel that. I know, like, there are people in every fan base who feel that about that one team. I've always thought it's freaking nuts because I could never, first of all, it always felt like it's like, why are you even bringing that up? I cannot conceive of the situation where we're good enough to beat Michigan, but then lose every other game. Like, it just feels like that never happens. Maybe we finally got that example. We can test, as you said, that hypothesis. Well, on the
0: other hand, you know, when when you're Illinois, the choice is, well, would you rather go 1-11 with a win over Northwestern? Or go three and nine and lose to them.
1: Well, I'll take the one and eleven and beat them. Sure, that's not much of a. But you know, I'd like to think that we can still crawl our way to four and four or something. I guess we'll see. So anyway,
0: Purdue at Wisconsin. Is this going to get played?
1: almost certainly not so again we're recording here on monday night my understanding is they're gonna make this announcement tomorrow i would be astounded if this game ends up getting played we can pretend that it will though so it feels as though purdue in these first two weeks this is kind of what i expected the last couple seasons when i was like i really like what jeff brahm is doing i think they're gonna be a big 10 west contender and then that's kind of what i
0: expected last year
1: and then all the minnesota fans got mad um were we not right after all, so imagine, you know, look, this is first of all what's possible when you don't have 12 starters get hurt. Uh This is a big test for them, though, to see if they're ready to roll with the action. Yeah, they only have two yeah.
0: important offensive starters out this time.
1: <laughs> right, so, um again, Wisconsin, as of the last... two of their
0: three big targets, right? Count Doru.
1: Oh, um...
0: He was a pretty important part of the offense last year.
1: He, he was, but look, their run Maybe game... Horvath would have
0: displaced him anyway.
1: Possibly, because, yeah, again, Horvath has looked pretty effective other than the fumbling issue, and their run game last year was not very good with doru so i don't know he was, he was a threat out of the bank a little bit I, I wouldn't characterize him as a receiving back by any means and i nor can you really confuse this with a west coast offense where the running backs are involved in the past game all that much but no it's i mean look it's fair to say that doru and uh rondale Moore being out are definitely big losses but they've certainly adapted they've got enough left that they're not you know scratching and clawing to put 11 guys out there. Assuming that this game is played, though, we would probably see Wisconsin's fourth-string quarterback, Boom, Danny Vandenboom, playing against the Big Ten's leading passer and Aiden O'Connell. Although it's actually pretty close. Rocky Lombardi is right on his heels. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, everybody had that going into the season, right? That the Big Ten's leading passers would be Aiden O'Connell, who nobody thought would start, and Rocky Lombardi.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, just because you hire a defense-first head coach, it actually doesn't mean that your offense. Has to be asked. I'm learning all these things that apply to other schools. <sighs>
1: the important thing each and every day is that you learn something new. In normal circumstances, this would be such an intriguing game, but it's just impossible to see it happening.
0: Indeed, and uh, I guess other games are uh, Clemson, Notre Dame.
1: Yeah. So. We'll close on this one absolutely insane thing, at least I thought. So as I was bringing up the box scores from last week, there's a thing in the SBN sidebar from their analytics department, which, by the way, uh, includes something called the Allstate Playoff Predictor. So now insurance companies are creating algorithms to determine who goes to the college football playoff. Why not? Um, yeah, they can cover all your basic lines. Uh, home, life, auto, college football. So, <laughs> so they have this graphic, and... Alright, so first of all, to talk about this game before I get into the graphic. Trevor Lawrence is not playing. As you said, Dabble Swinney just admitted that in a press conference. I don't know why he would. I guess his Christian sense of honesty or whatever compels him to tell the truth. I don't know, but they told him. So they're going with the next Trevor Lawrence, DJ Uyungulele. Yeah, (laughs) who we're to get used to saying that. Who, by the way, is absolutely going to be just as good (laughs) based on last week's evidence. So they're going with this fantastically talented backup. True freshman, but again... Trevor Lawrence won the damn championship as a true freshman, so in the context of making the playoff though, according to the Allstate Playoff Predictor, if Clemson beats Notre Dame, they have, Clemson has an 85% chance of going to the playoff. Notre Dame still has a 13% chance. If Notre Dame wins, they both have a 48% chance of going to the playoff. What the hell? Why would you play this game if you're Notre Dame then? That doesn't make any sense at all. What am I missing here? Notre Dame is number four.
0: Is there a title game or something?
1: <laughs> well, there's a, yeah, there's an ACC championship game. Would Notre Dame play in that? I think they could, yeah. Would they play Clemson? Apparently yeah, that, so. That, that, that must be the case. I guess that's the only thing I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't think about that angle. You must be right because I don't know when one of those situation like, I guess that's assuming, well, all right, they beat him the first time. Are they going to be able to beat him again? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. <laughs> uh because by then Trevor Lawrence will be back so. yeah of course they've got
0: another one of those names that I, I just you know I usually want to pronounce Travis's last name like Etienne like how the name is pronounced but everybody says Etn, like the E10
1: network yeah I don't know man it's bizarre so that's really the only game nationally that caught my attention we're not doing nearly the same depth of national consumption that we usually are you're still playing in a college football fantasy league as I am not I see no need to look outside because again none of this matters why, why would I care again in, in a normal season and It's getting hard to care about games outside this league because my team's not at all a factor in the playoff race. Why do I care what's going on in the SEC anyway?
0: Yeah, I mean, I really... It's just, you watch games of the Big 12 in the SEC. It's like, oh, hey, look, 20,000 people, and they're all in on one side of the stadium. And I'm just like, oh, God, yeah. You can't watch those games, and then you, you watch those games, and then you go and look at the coronavirus numbers a week later. It, it's not fun. No. I can't say no,
1: but, but the season's going to be over soon.